Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Job. Job is flat on his back. His three friends have come to try to cheer him up, but it's all in vain. The last friend is named Zophar. He's probably the worst one. These guys are basically saying, you know, there's something wrong with you, Job, because, you know, you're obviously flat on your back. You've lost your family, your life, your job, your money, your possessions. You got all these sores all over your body, got all this disease going on. There's something wrong with you. You know, this is unresolved sin in your life. You just need to repent and, you know, uh, admit, you know, the sin that you've got. So this is sort of like we were saying yesterday. This is sort of like a a case study on judgment, judging one another. Mankind, humans, want to judge one another. It's what... It's what we do. We're not supposed to. That's God's job. But look how Zophar, to some extent, as well as Job to some extent, they're trying to justify what their, their selves before God. All right? They acknowledge God. God is great. God has all the wisdom. They're trying to justify themselves before God. Who's right before God? And the the reality is, is nobody's right before God. But we're going to see this play out. Zophar basically says, Job, look, the other fellows have talked to you. Now, here I am, and I think you deserve worse. You deserve even worse. You deserve what you're getting. And who do you think you are to mock God by not repenting? Job. Just admit it. Stop mocking God, and then God can save you. God can work, you know, in your life. Okay? So Zophar is all about the judgment, and he's he's sort of presuming to know God's will based on the physical circumstances, based on what he can see. And, of course, the irony here is God's already told us what's going on before this calamity even begins, and we know that... Zophar doesn't even know God's will. So, chapter 11, verse 1, Then Zophar answered and said, Should a multitude of words go unanswered, and a man full of talk be judged right? He's, he's saying, Job, Job's all talk. Should your babble 
silence men, and when you mock, shall no one shame you? You know, I'm here to shame you, Job, because you're mocking God. For you say, my doctrine is pure, and I'm clean in God's eyes. But, oh, that God would speak and open his lips to you, and that he would tell you the secrets of wisdom. If God would just speak to you, then that would shut you up. Can you find out the deeper things of God? Verse 7, and can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It's higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? It's measured longer than the earth and broader than the sea. Verse 11, for he knows worthless men. When he sees iniquity, will he not consider it? But a stupid man will get understanding when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. You know, he's just, now he's being facetious. He's just saying, you're trying to look for, a stupid man's trying to look for some kind of stupid miracle or some kind of stupid insight in something that's plain as day. And stop stop looking around like this. Verse 13, if you prepare your heart, you will stretch out your hands toward him. All right? Verse 20, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. All way of escape will be lost to them, and their hope is to breathe their last. In other words, this is a terrible sort of indictment against Job by by Zophar. He's calling him stupid. He's calling him full of talk. He's mocking God. He's saying he's mocking God. Okay, so now Job replies, chapter 12. No doubt you are the people, and with wisdom... And wisdom will die with you. In other words, no doubt you speak for everybody. No doubt you're the wisest thing on earth. Job is being sarcastic. He's done. He's done with this guy. And wisdom will die with you. In other words, you're the only source of wisdom. Oh, how great you are. So, he says... But I have understanding as well as you. I'm not inferior to you. Who does not know such things as these? In other words, you think I don't know all this? I'm a laughingstock to my friends. I, who called to God and he answered me, a just and blameless man, am a laughingstock. In the thought of one who's at ease, there is contempt for misfortune. It is ready for those whose feet slip. In other words, you're comfortable and you have contempt for me in your comfort. And I'm the laughing stock. But those who you have in a place of comfort with contempt, that's ready for you to slip and fall. Among, verse 9 Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In other words, he's saying, who do you think? I mean, of course I know God is sovereign over all this. Who doesn't know that? You know, and then he goes on a little bit, you know, in his hand, verse 10, is the life of every living thing. Verse 13, with God are wisdom and might, his counsel and understanding. He has counsel and understanding. Verse 16, with him are strength and sound wisdom. 
the deceived and the deceiver are his. Verse 20, he deprives of speech those who are trusted and takes away the discernment of the elders. In other words, he's saying God is sovereign over the good and the bad. He's got everything. If somebody rejects him, he's in charge of that. If somebody comes to him, he's in charge of that. And then we get a little bit into chapter 13. Behold, my eye has seen all this. My ear has heard it and understood it. What you know, I also know. In other words, Zophar, you're not telling me anything new. Verse 3, but I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue my case with God. I'm going to speak to God. Verse 4, as for you, you whitewash with lies, worthless physicians are you all. They're worthless. They are coming to try to justify themselves before God in the life of Job based on Job's calamity and their comfort in front of him. They don't come with comfort and they don't come with mercy. They are just coming with empty platitudes that build themselves up. So that's where we're going to stop. Man, what a cliffhanger. And all this stuff is pure human emotion that we can see every day when people are trying to judge one another and argue with one another. So we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. And as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this book of Job. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Job chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to chapter 13, verses 1 through to verse 4. So we come down today to the last of Job's three friends who came to see Job. So this last friend is called Zophar. And, you know, he's the most um, crude amongst all of them, meanest. And he is a legalist. So he assumes, and rightly so, that God works according to measure the law. So Zophar pretends to actually know what God will do in a given circumstance. So he's different from Bildad, who is a traditionalist and looks at things from, you know, past point of view to solve things at present. So he has a scientific mind. That's um, Bildad. Because Bildad would look at a rock and say, oh, okay, this rock was formed in such and such a year and it was formed with this and this um, material and all. And he'll, you know, um, try and patch things up together to try and solve um, present day um, issues. So he has a scientific mind like an archaeologist. So Zophar has a scientific mind as well, but he puts the emphasis on the law of God, that God works according to law 
he's um you know he's an i have all the answers type of man that's um zophar so zophar's um voice of discourse here is the voice of legalism so he looks here th that god is bound by law and he never operates outside his laws so scripture reads verse 1 chapter 11 then zophar the naamite answered and said should not the multitude of the words be answered and should a man full of talk be vindicated so what he's saying is that job is covering his sin with words so job has tried to make it clear that a man in his condition suffering as he is is not up to put up a front but so far ignores that so they are men however that actually talk their way out today the men that actually talk their way out of a situation where with a clever manipulation of words you know for instance lawyers you know they know the case they're taking up their client is guilty but they'll try and talk and you know in a legal way with legal jargon and you know talk the way out of um that man's guiltlessness verse 3 goes on to read should your empty talk make men hold their peace and when you mock should no one rebuke you so he's accusing job of being a liar and has also accused him of being a hypocrite you know you have um bildad accused him or was it eliphaz accused him of being a hypocrite but now you know worse like you know like we said earlier he is crude he accused job of being both a hypocrite and a liar verse 4 goes on to read for you have said my doctrine is pure and i am clean in your eyes so this man will take the position that he's more or less on the side of of, of um on the inside rather that is he has a very pious position and he knows what god would do under certain circumstances and job on the is on the outside so he's acting like he's more privileged to god than job and so job ought to actually listen to him as his word is god's word verse 5 goes on to read but oh that god would speak and open his lips against you so zophar was um since he's a legalist thinking that he was speaking on behalf of god that he knows it all and verse 6 goes on to read and that he would show you the secrets of wisdom for they would double your prudence know therefore that god exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves wow so this was very very harsh you know he's telling 
Job that he's actually not getting half of what he deserves of half of what's coming to him because his because he's much worse his suffering is much worse and it shows that Job is a lot worse a sinner than they dreamed he was and he's not really getting what's coming to him verse 7 goes on to read can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty of the Almighty? So this is a great statement, and Job will tell him so. Um, you know, who actually doesn't know this? That's what Job's gonna tell him. So no man can discover God. God's not discoverable. God actually revealed himself. So God didn't have a Columbus who went and actually discovered him so the only way we can know about god is what he is pleased to reveal of himself and you know the little he's revealed to himself you know others have been confused others have marveled and others have believed and that's just like a little bit of what he has revealed of himself verse 8 goes on to read they are higher than heaven what can you do deeper than sheol what can you know? Verse 9. Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. So this is a tremendous discourse he's giving here, but it's not um, touching the need of Job at all. Verse 11. Sorry, verse 10. I was going to read. If he passes by and prisons and gathers to judgment then who can hinder him verse 11 for he knows deceitful men he sees the wickedness also will he not then consider it verse 12 then for an empty headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's cult is born a man so he's speaking to Job and not himself here. That's um, Zophar. He's not talking about himself. So Zophar feels like he has the answers. Like he's on the inside and he's privileged to God more than um, Job. Verse 13 goes on to read, If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands towards him. Verse 14 if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents. So, you know, all three of his friends, of Job's friends, assumed that Job was covering up something and that was not it at all. You know, like we swore at the beginning. So they actually didn't understand God. They didn't understand Job nor do they understand themselves and it put them in an awkward place and they were not helpful to Job. So Job doesn't know what iniquity he would put away or yet and yet, you know, uh, there was something um, as we shall actually see. There was actually something he had to put away, but he didn't know, like his friends didn't help him. Verse 15 goes on to read, And surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear. So 
he's saying that, you know, that so far, if Job just deals with the sin that's in his life and quit fighting it, then he would be heard and God would answer his prayer and restore him. Verse 20, dropping down to verse 20, doesn't read, but the eyes of the wicked will fail and they shall not escape and their hope loss of life. So here Zophar concludes this discourse. He's saying to Job, you are going to come to the time when the judgment of God will will be upon you unless you actually confess your secret sin. So he actually predicts here there will be absolute judgment of Job. So this concludes Zophar's attack on Job. So all three friends have had their say. So now we get to chapter 12. In chapter 12, Job answers Zophar in a lengthy discourse. And you know, it's, it's quite a spectacle. Um, they used to have intellectual banter then. Banter on the intellects. So it was brains back then. Now it's brawn today. Verse 1 of chapter 12 reads, Then Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people and the wisdom will die with you. Oh. So Job here is saying that these fellows act like they have all the answers. They are the people. And wisdom will die with them. But Job is saying that he has understanding as much as they do. And they are acting as if Job is just a simpleton, an empty head. And they have all the answers. Verse 3 goes on to read, But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Indeed, who does not know such things as these? So these men are not, um, have not spoken into the situation as it really is. In place of leading Job to self judgment they only um, ministered to a spirit of self-indication so they make an attack upon job and he comes back and defends himself in fact they didn't um, introduce god into the scene they don't speak of a god of mercy and grace but a god of law so they said some true things but they didn't actually give him the truth. So they brought in experience from Eliphaz, tradition from Bildad, and legality from Zophar. But they didn't bring in the truth. So what happened now was when they made their incriminations against Job, it caused him to defend himself. And Job is saying that his rights and the minute Job said he's right, we'll actually see this later on, by him justifying himself. He's not justifying God. And up to this point, it looks like Job is saying God is wrong and God is the one to be criticized. And that's the position a lot of people and Christians take today when stuff happens to them and they do not find like, they can't pinpoint like where the issue is and they say, I'm not wrong. 
So Job's friends should have led him to condemn himself and vindicate God. So his friends never got him to that position that Paul had come to when he said, I knew within me, that's within my flesh, dwells no, dwells no good thing, or I am what I am by God's grace. So we have too many Christians today who boast of who they are or what they give and makes it look like God is over on the receiving end and not on the giving end on the giving side so it looks as if they are superior and god is not superior so until we today take a place of where we are condemned and god is vindicated and praised then we are not witnessing correctly so we have to take that position in order for us to witness correctly where we actually judge ourselves and you know we vindicate god god i'm not not us trying to justify ourselves and our actions so now we get to chapter 12 and in chapter 12 job you know job is a sick man but he's standing up to these men and verse 1 goes on to read then job answered and said no doubt you are the people Yes, sorry. Yeah, he says, no doubt you are the people and wisdom will die with you. Yes, oh, I already read that part, but I have understanding and as well. I am not inferior to you. Indeed, who does not know such things as these? Verse 4, I am not, I am one mocked by his friends who called on God and he answered him. And just the blameless who is ridiculed, a lump of a lump is despised in the thought of one who is at ease. It is made ready for those who whose feet slip. So in other words, he's saying that these fellows are in a comfortable position and are able to give him advice, but he's slipping and falling. And they have no words of comfort for him at all. So it's actually easy to give advice to someone when you're not the one who is in that particular position. But when the tables are turned, it's another thing. So this is the time when one needs somebody to help and to comfort them. And that's what Job needed, support system. Okay, so... We move on to chapter 13, and in chapter 13, verse 1 reads, Behold, my eye has seen all this, my ear has heard and understood it. Verse 2, What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. So he gives all this discourse in chapter 12 to actually show these men that he knows what they know, and they haven't told him anything new or been helpful to him at all verse 3 goes on to read but i would speak to the almighty and i desire to reason with god so he actually gets to the very crooks of the matter so he's saying that he wants to talk to god verse 4 goes on to read 
but you forget you forgers of lies you are all worthless physicians so in other words job is saying that they have not diagnosed his case if only job could actually have had somebody to tell him about the grace and mercy of god and not tell him just the other side like about the law and judgment of god you know it would have been different they would have gotten to a case where job realized in himself lies no good thing and he needs to condemn and to judge himself so this is our teaching for today thank you all for listening and god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye-bye